Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey there, welcome to the podcast. My name is Chris Paulette. I'm an editor here at How Stuff Works. With me is writer Jonathan Strickland. Howdy. And uh, we've been looking at some of the most popular articles on the site to get some ideas for podcasts. And uh, today we decided on how LCDs work. Right. That's uh, liquid crystal displays. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the listeners to this podcast probably know what that means. But they may, might be looking at one right now, in fact. Exactly. Um, but... A lot of people don't know uh, exactly how they're made. I was one of those, um, and I went back into uh, the LCD article that we have on the site. And basically, it's uh, the screen that you see on your laptop computer or your desktop display is a uh, is a sandwich, as we say in the yep. South. It's um, it's got a mirror, it's got a couple pieces of glass, and in between it, it has uh, something that collect that conducts electricity. Um, and the missing piece in this sandwich um, is not baloney. It is <laughs> a panel of liquid crystals. Um, the crystals themselves are sort of in between. You might say, what is a liquid crystal? It's sort of in between a solid and a liquid. Um, and the key is that uh, conductor, the electricity that's behind it, um, these crystals are twisted um, and... Basically, depending on how much of an electrical charge they receive, they untwist to let more light through. And what you see when you look at the display is the light uh, reflecting off that mirror behind the, the crystals, and they change to display a different picture, you know, depending on how much electricity red uses or white uses. Right, right. Um, and it's, uh, you know, pretty simple thing. You know, they, they're, uh, they're one of the big things right now. LCDs and televisions, LCDs and laptops and computers. Right. And that backlight is, is always on, which is why you hear people talk about, um, LCDs and contrast with, uh, with, with the blacks, because even when your screen is black, it's still backlit. So if you have an older LCD screen, it may not show blacks as well as some of the newer ones. Uh, if you were to, to have your, your computer on but have a black screen uh, and then turn off the lights, you would still be able to kind of see where the screen was, right? Yeah, it's sort of a uh, dark gray, you know, deep, right, deep right. gray rather than a, a complete black, like you might see with a plasma television. That's one of the deals that uh, a lot of people who are plasma uh, aficionados prefer that yeah, because the, the it, true it has blacks. true black. Right, right. And and but people also point out that LCD displays tend to be better uh, as far as uh, uh, energy consumption goes. Sure. Uh, than plasma. That plasma actually takes up more energy to to warm up and and keep running. Um, so you would think that LCDs are really the more green conscious way to go uh, if you're going to buy electronics, but we just found out something that uh, that kind of uh, puts this into a different light. Yeah, I was uh, I was reading a story. I think it was initially I've seen it in, in uh, it's actually been in several places. Uh, Grist magazine, which mm-hmm. is uh, an environmental website. Um, you know, it's been in uh, New Scientist, I believe, and it was an article that was based in the uh, uh, Geophysical Research Letters. No, which that's is, a page turner. Uh, it is. Um, <laughs> you know, it's on my coffee table. Unfortunately, <laughs> I spilled coffee on it and wasn't able to read this article. Right. Uh, but it's all about this chemical called uh, nitrogen trifluoride. Right. Uh, which is apparently not something you put on your teeth. No, no. Nitrogen trifluoride is a gas that's used in the production of LCDs. Uh, it's one of, of several gases that are used. Um, it's used in a thin film deposition. Now, that's that's kind of 
not to get too technical, but you, you use a vapor to create a th- very thin film, which LCDs need in order to work. Um, and it's not just LCDs. They're, they're used for things like semiconductors and other things as well. Uh, the problem is that nitrogen trifluoride's a pretty nasty gas, uh, not just uh, hazardous to, to humans if you inhale it, although I don't recommend doing that. Uh, first of all, it's got a moldy odor, so it doesn't smell very good. And it can also poison your liver and kidneys. So if, you, if you're used to having those, I would recommend not taking a big whiff of uh, nitrogen trifluoride. But it also is environmentally hazardous. Turns out it's extremely environmentally hazardous. Yeah. Uh, try 17,000 times more serious than carbon dioxide. That's a, that's a big number. Yeah, that's a very big number. Um, the funny thing is, this, uh, this was actually intended, this gas was actually replacing, uh, chemicals called perfluorocarbons, which are greenhouse gases. Um, and they removed those because of, uh, environmental concerns that they were contributing to global warming. Right. And, and nitrogen trifluoride wasn't even on the Kyoto Protocol's, you know, international climate change agreement that, that wasn't listed. So it, it completely skipped under the radar. It wasn't until the, this, uh, this information in the geophysical research letters uh, that people really started to pay attention and say, hey, this stuff is, is serious business. That's true. Um, as it turns out, there was so little of it being made around the time of the, uh, the Kyoto Treaty writing, you know, being written in the 1990s that they just they really had no idea of the environmental e- impact of it. But apparently if you uh, produced – if you took all the, the uh, NF3 produced in 2008, um, according to the article, uh, and released it in the atmosphere, it would have the same impact as the annual carbon dioxide emissions of Austria. Yep. That's um – the Von Trapp family of- <laughs> global warming, if you will. Right. <laughs> and uh, just to give you a little more perspective, um, there's initial projections for, for nitrogen trifluoride production next year um, suggest that there'll be around 8,000 metric tons of this stuff made in order to, to make these various devices. Um, and then uh, so this is 8,000 metric tons that eventually will enter the environment. It may be years and years from now when people start throwing their, their LCD displays away and they you know rupture or whatever it might be a while before this stuff actually makes it into the environment but you multiply 8000 metric tons by 17000 times the strength of a of carbon dioxide as far as a greenhouse gas goes you end up with 136 million tons uh, equivalent of carbon dioxide now, that sounds like a lot all right i'm not going to lie the 136 million that's <laughs> metric tons that's that's a lot of tons. Yeah. But in 2005, the United States produced nearly 6 billion metric tons of carbon dioxide from energy consumption. Uh, and that's everything from coal firing to, you know, ev- everything as far as uh, energy production and consumption goes. Including so, the energy that you would need to, uh, you know, say, run your LCD devices. Maybe? Right, exactly. Yeah, okay. So so 6 billion versus 136 million, I mean, that's still – you're talking about so many <laughs> – you know, ma- orders of magnitude, but that doesn't mean that we should ignore this nitrogen trifluoride problem. You know, I, this just on my, uh, on my gut feeling here, I think it's sort of like the trans fat thing where it, when it popped up, people all of a sudden went, Oh, well, uh, you know, I had no idea that was going on. And they, you know, it, now that it's starting to, to, you know, 
show up in the public consciousness, then now we're going to have to find some other solution that isn't, you know, perfluorocarbons or something else to, uh, to make LCDs because, you know, in the long run, the LCD is a, uh, is more, is more energy efficient than a cathode ray tube or, uh, you know, some of the other devices that it is replacing. So, right. you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's a balancing act. You're going to have to find some other solution to. Well, the other thing is that when you're looking at something like LCD displays, uh, that that seems like it's a much more manageable problem than reducing huge amounts of carbon dioxide emissions. It's at least something that we can take steps to to fix. You know, it's not a problem that's so huge that you just look at it and goggle and wonder what do I do. Uh, although I, I could, I should also point out <laughs> this gas. It's kind of ironic. Um, it's also used in the production of photovoltaic cells, also known as solar panels. Oh, yes. So even when we're trying to be environmentally conscious and, and use renewable energy sources, we may be in the, in the production of those sources, we might be doing some pretty severe damage to our environment. Oh, good grief. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's probably enough depression for one podcast, don't you? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm thoroughly, uh, worn out. Okay. Well, I'm sure you guys are too, so if you would like to learn more about LCDs, read our article on how LCDs work at howstuffworks.com, and we'll talk to you again soon. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at howstuffworks.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?